This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's time for a one-of-a-kind poker party. Poker Night in America is streaming live from Studio 52 in Las Vegas. Join us nightly at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as some of the biggest names in poker play in the ultimate house game. Watch on the Poker Night in America channel on YouTube and Twitch or go to PokerNight.com. Poker Night in America is back and ready to party. Welcome along to Betting Weekly Extra Time World Cup Edition. I hope you are in profit so far, and I'm sure you will be if you manage to bet Saudi Arabia at plus 2,800 or whatever they were. Uh, Likewise, I hope your futures bets are going well at the moment. Don't rip anything up just yet. Uh, We are recording after the first round of matches have been completed. So 16 games in the book, eight winning favourites, 10 games under two and a half, six games both teams to score, yes, and countless minutes of added on time. Here to talk you through the best bets across match day two from groups E to H, Nigel Seeley and Daniele Fisti-Keller. Nigel, got to come to you first. How is Qatar treating you? Very well, actually, Dan. I'm having a blast, really. I've been here a couple of days and we've got so much negativity around the world. Um, I've never been to a football match where I've sat next to a bloke from Oman. A woman from Cameroon, a fella from Tunisia, a guy in front of me from Algeria, and three Mexicans. It's like a joke, but it, that was what it was. The diversity of the grounds is incredible. Uh, you wouldn't get that at Mill with West Ham. That's the one thing I did notice. But it was, it was, it was great. I mean, the atmosphere going into the match is really strange because the negativity around the tournament is, is such that um, when you go to the grounds, there is nobody around the, the stadium at all. You think there's nobody here. Then all of a sudden, you go through security, which is like an airport-style security. And you go into like what is like a fan park, and there was people massing into the crowd. There's entertainment. There's bands. There's non-alcoholic beer to be drunk. Um, how's that? How's that going, going down? down? Well, I haven't had one yet, so I, I refuse <laughs> to let that go down. But the one thing I would say about it is, like, I, I it's the first game of football I've ever been to. I've never had to go to the toilet three times during a match, and it's the first game of football I've come around, and, and the people can ask me questions of what happened. I know exactly what happened in the game. The one thing that was really strange, which I did find really strange, is that because this is a new audience to to, to soccer, to football, when England or when Cameroon, sorry, when Switzerland scored their goal against Cameroon, the whole of the stadium or everyone around me. Instead of celebrating, they all looked straight up to the video to, the, to see if it was VAR. And then when they realised the goal was given, there was like a muted celebration for about two minutes. Interesting. And then suddenly, when it then it was and there was a polite ripple of applause. It was just the first reaction was not to celebrate the goal, but the first reaction was to watch the VAR, which which I found really, really sort of was strange. You know, obviously, people who celebrate first and then realise that there was a, there's a VAR, a VAR, and then they just decide to uh, to change it, but. Uh, for, for me, I'm having a great time. The weather's fantastic. The people have been amazing. The, the place I'm staying, I'm very lucky. I've got fortunate. I've got a friend who lives out here and works out here, so I'm staying with him. But um, from the my first World Cup experience, first game I've ever been to in a World Cup was yesterday, and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. 
Uh, Daniele, are you enjoying the tournament so far? We have had some shocks. We referenced that Saudi game. We've had Japan as well beating Germany. Not the biggest of prices, right about plus 700 uh, Japan to beat Germany here. There has been some odd results, but a lot of the good teams are playing well also. How have you seen it so far? Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I think uh, it confirms uh, the idea that the top level of international football, the teams are very close to each other and the difference is made by the superstars, the top players, the Mbappe, the Neymars, the Cristiano Ronaldo. But if you look at the way uh, the African team and the Asian teams are set up, no surprise now everybody can defend, uh, can be organized, can stifle you. And yes, the level is very, very close. So I'm not surprised that, for example, we have four nil-nils, uh, that there have not been so many goals. It's 41 goals in total, but you need to out of Spain and uh, England scoring six and seven and six uh, respectively. So it's been closed. It's been interesting to watch. And um, maybe now in round two and perhaps in round three, when they are more of a knockout game, really, teams will start opening up a little bit more, especially the African teams, especially the Asian teams. You know, back in the years, we were used to, to think there's always going to be an African team, maybe with a suspect goalkeeper, or maybe they got an anarchic player who's really, really good, but then they cannot defend. Is no longer the case these days. And yes, definitely the Asian teams have surprised. They got skills. They are organized. So yeah, I mean, you, took, you mentioned Saudi Arabia. They are in with a great shot of qualifying for the next round. That would be some story, wouldn't it? Unbelievable come from behind winners against Argentina. I think betting in play, Argentina was so, so short. But amazingly, Saudi came back to win that one. Anyway, let's concentrate on the games that we've got some selections for here uh, because I'm sure that the Bet Rivers viewers will be um, waiting for these with bated breath. We're going to start with Belgium-Morocco because Nigel's got a selection in this one. Uh, Belgium, Nigel, I can't believe how poor they were against Canada. And obviously, we, we give Canada some credit with that because they created an awful lot of chances but Belgium didn't see seem off half a yard did they really they're minus 103 to beat um, Morocco Morocco plus 300 uh, the draw at 255 over and unders here at uh, plus 107 for over minus 129 at under Nigel how are you tackling this one well there's a couple of things I've heard I mean I, I spoke to uh, a, a sports journalist out here who's covering um, from the, from a UK magazine uh, news, newspaper and he said there's a bit of unrest in the Belgium side, which was before the game, which I'm, I actually bet Canada. And I feel uh, my luck was oh, totally been terrible. I, yeah, I've been really, really unlucky. I actually took on Belgium in a lot of markets. He said that De Bruyne wants to go come back. He's not happy in the camp. Uh, they don't believe they're going to win it. There's no, there's no sort of connectivity between the squads. And Martinez has a big problem on his hands. And that was reflected. How could you get something so right? And some information and actually lose your money. That's how I feel. And that's how this tournament's pretty much gone for me. I mean, I, I bet Germany minus one against Japan. I mean, they should have been formed it up. Um, I bet um, Lautaro Martinez to score against Argentina quite heavily. Scores two goals, one of them. And, and that's pretty much how the first group of matches have gone. I've absolutely done my brains in terms of losing money. But I feel like six of the bets I've had are ones that should have won. So do I change my tactic? Do I do I do I, or do I keep going what I'm going? So I'm keep going what I'm doing. If we run out of money, I just stay out here. It doesn't make no difference. So it's not a problem <laughs> for me. But um, the one thing I would say that this Morocco Belgium side is obviously Belgium was so so poor. Now do do you look at that and they think to themselves, okay, we were lucky, we've got the win. Do we change our system? But if what I'm hearing is right in the camp, I don't think they were capable of doing that. I think Morocco a very, very well-organised side, exactly what Danielli said. Very defensively organised, very, very strong. 
And I think what's going to, when these games come down to is the last 15, 20 minutes and the, the fitness levels. Listen, you know, years ago in international football, the better teams would win the games off the bench. Now what you're seeing is from these African sides and the Asian teams, they're, they're fit. They may not be good technically and they may not have like the world-class players, as Danielli pointed out. But the one thing they can do is they can match the European powerhouses with fitness levels. And I think it comes down to the last 15, 20 minutes, which could be the last 30 minutes, you know, with the, with the extra time that's being added on here. The other thing you've got to remember, and one thing that I, w- I will tell you about being out here, it's really hot now. So if I went outside now, the local time is quarter past 10, it's, it's boiling. I walked around uh, the city from this sort of time until kickoff time, and it was hot. In the evening, it's very, very cool. In the stadiums, you would need a jumper because the air conditioning comes out. You need jeans. You wouldn't be able to walk into an England game this evening when we're recording this. is a night game. I'd be wearing jeans. I'd be wearing shirts. I could wear a jumper. This game's at one o'clock local time, which is hot. It is very, very, very hot local time. And uh, the conditions are much more important in those games than they are in the evening games. So I think the conditions will suit the Moroccans here massively. I give them a big, big chance of getting something. I thought they... They played okay against Croatia. Croatia had the majority of possession, which you would expect. But the more, the better chances, the better chance on target, the more shots were for Morocco. And uh, it's a massive game for Morocco. They have to win, whereas Belgium don't necessarily have to win. Belgium will be okay with a draw. The second matches in World Cups are always a little bit cagey affairs. The teams that need to win have to attack. The teams that don't get settled for draws. And I think this is a perfect example where Morocco needs to go out for the ring. The Belgium are an uneasy favourite. There is unrest at the camp. And I think Morocco are primed here to give them a match them toe-to-toe. Not necessarily going to back Morocco to win the game because I feel that Belgium may, or most, I think Belgium will be happy with a draw here. Um, but I'm going to go from Morocco plus a half. It's uh, minus 118, which means we get the draw on our side as well. So uh, the vulnerability that we've seen from the Belgians and the fact that what I'm hearing from the Belgian camp, it isn't a happy camp makes me want to oppose them in some capacity. And I feel the best way to oppose them is to get the draw on our side rather than go for Morocco to win. So I'm going to go for Morocco plus a half against Belgium at minus 118. It's interesting what you say about De Bruyne because you could see he was not happy on the pitch at all. Anyway, let's move on to Croatia-Canada because we've got a selection from Danieli in this one. We talked about Canada with Nigel Danieli. They were desperately unlucky not to get something from the game against Belgium. 22 attempts at goal, missed penalty also. But unfortunately, from a Canadian point of view, they didn't manage to get anything from it. However, you've gone for one of the props in this game uh, for us, Danieli. Explain all. I went for Jonathan David, the the striker who plays um, in France with Lille, to have over 2.5 shots, whether they are shots on target or off target. And that pays very, very well, plus 125. Canada against Belgium had 25 shots, uh, eight or nine on target, the rest uh, off target. And of course, the missed penalty with Alfonso Davis, which probably Jonathan David should have taken. I don't know why the left back took the penalties, but David was one of the most lively, especially on the left hand side with Alfonso Davis, sometimes interchanging uh, position with Junior Holliott. They were really, really dangerous, really fit, Jonathan David as well, and stretched the static. Belgian defence. Croatia defence doesn't look much more mobile, although of course they got uh, Bosco Guardiol, who's great, uh, but you know, if Lovren plays, for example, on that side, that could be an issue, I think, for the Croatian, but generally speaking, Canadian uh, 
no fear at all. They played well. Their, the athleticism, the physicality, uh, the way they interchange position in the, in, the, in the field was really good. But, you know, no surprise, Canada have been exceptional in the qualifiers. You know, 20 grueling qualifying matches in the, in the, in, in the CONCACAF, you know, North America, uh, finished on top, done better than Mexico and USA. And they faced Belgium absolutely with no fear. When it comes to Croatia, um, good, good game. I mean, that's what we expected. A good midfield with Brozovic, uh, Modric and Kovacic. They're going to have a lot of possession. They don't have the cutting edge. They don't have the strikers. Let's see if uh, uh, for this one, they go with, at least with one of Petkovic or um, or Orisic up front because they didn't play or Livaya maybe they didn't play any of the strikers for the first uh, game but you know it could be an open one this one because you know both need the points I think Canada is going to set up exactly uh, the same way and yeah I do fancy the main striker the main man for Canada to have shots they're going to try they're going to just try it even if it's a shot from outside the box or you know from a ricochet you know it's only three shots whether they are on target or off target for you to win Plus one than under twenty-five. Uh, Nigel, could, could we back Canada at plus two seven five here? I mean, you know, Croatia plus one one two. They've they've got an awful lot of World Cup know-how. But if we're on this Canada train, do you think they're a better two seven five, or do you think a lot of stuff is factored into that price now after what we saw against Belgium? I think that's exactly right. I think that the market knows about Canada now, doesn't it? I think I wouldn't be surprised to see that Canada being a, probably a very heavy pick for the next World Cup on the on the future bets with Bet Rivers. Everyone sort of open their eyes up what the potential they have here um i think if i think it i think it could be the, i want to get the again i'd like to get the draw on my side here because i feel that i, I don't i don't believe that croatia are as good as everyone uh, is raving on about them. to me that they, they look they're an aging squad um canada look full of youth pace excitement i think it could be if it was a boxing match it'd be a nice sort of match up between the, the young sort of pacey exuberance of the Canadians against the wily old uh, Croatians. It'd be a good kind of boxing fight. Um, but I th- I feel that, I, I mean, I don't know many teams that lose their opening game in the World Cup and then their prices get slashed to yeah. win the next game or the match yeah. after. Very rare that happens. Um, the only thing I would permanently say is that this is where you need a really, really experienced manager. And I've seen some of the quotes from the manager and he's, he seems to be a fan. He seems to be, you know, come on, galvanising us. And, and I'm not quite sure whether it's the right tactic to, to go on. So I think the players may be believing the hype that they're a little bit too better. And sometimes you just need to keep your feet on the ground, keep doing what you're doing. So it's going to be a very interesting one. The thing for Canada, obviously, is everybody now is just looking at them for the next World Cup, thinking they're a potential side that we want to get with when the tournament is in their country. So, um, and America and obviously Mexico as well. But um, there's a couple of little other pointers I would say here from betting. That I, that I've ne- there is more Mexicans here than I've seen in any other nation. There is loads of them, absolutely loads of them. And, um, you know, it's not what, what we're talking about, but they're playing Argentina and that, that stadium will be fu- full of Mexicans. So you know, I'm looking at sort of teams that have got big followings out here. I haven't seen many Canadians, but uh, Mexicans, very heavily supported team out here in Qatar. Uh, let's um, first of all just let you know that the 650 I've just noticed 650 betting markets on that Canada game it's probably the same for every single game on Bet Rivers. unbelievable coverage uh, on the website and if you just want to get with Canada um, on the handicap you can back them at minus 132 they've got your draw the draw is on your side as well for that one let's let's move on to Spain Germany this is on Sunday we're in group E for this one because this is absolutely huge and both of you have got selections uh, in this one, I mean, Spain beat Costa Rica 
easily, as we know. Germany were beaten by Japan. Daniele, I'll, I'll let you go first uh, for this one. I, I mean, this is such a massive game because the, the Japan-Costa Rica game is played early now. I don't know if betters want to wait until that game is played because obviously if Japan win, if Spain win, Germany are out. So th- th- this could change, couldn't it, after the first game? Daniele? Yeah, I mean, it, it, the, the timing of when you when you look at the market, when you put your bet, yeah, is absolutely crucial because it depends on what Japan does against Costa Rica. I would expect Japan to win against Costa Rica. Maybe not such a high score uh, as Spain did, but I would imagine they will be, they'll be able to beat them, perhaps beat them to nil. In that case, Germany needs the three points, but Spain, although they just need a point and they probably be qualified anyway, you know, also because the goal difference comes into into com- into complexion once you finish at the same point, they won't change the way they play a bit. That's Luis Enrique Spain. He's got his principle, he's got his ideas. And to be fair, it is a breath of fresh air in this World Cup. Because what, what I notice is that most of the team these days, with some exceptions, okay, they play pretty much the same way. Everyone built from the back, Everyone knows how to play positional football, emptying the midfield, shifting everything into one side and then switching the play. Everyone plays with wing back pretty much or can play with wing back. Spain is different. Spain play a different way of football. It's more about intricate passes, uh, short passes, quick interchange. They never get rid of the ball, even in the most dangerous situations. They are good defensively, but when they do best is when actually when they cross the halfway line, they commit more players forward. So Spain probably is the you know is is the factor that probably nobody would have considered in the World Cup in in, in, in in a World Cup where most of the team play the same way. It, by the way, the level is very, very high. Okay. So I'm not I'm not suggesting that the level is low. But yeah, Spain Spain is the difference here. And I liked and I like them. I think they play now with joy. They are they are more uh, aware of their strength. Uh, yes, I mean, you could tell in the game against Costa Rica when things click together. By the way, I think Spain were one of the best pl- teams that played at the Euros. So I would back them to continue in a good form, to continue to score. Uh, you know, Ferran Torres scored two, even Morata went to the score sheet, Asensio scored. So my pick here is both to score, which doesn't play doesn't pay amazingly well because Germany needs to come out and play, of course. And you know, despite losing, they still had a few chances against Japan. Both to score and over two point five goals. That's the pick plus one hundred two. So a high scoring game with at least three goals, where both teams go on the score sheet. I'm curious to see whether um, Flick uh, plays a proper recognized number nine striker let's see if he starts with full crew who's done so well with with Werder Bremen or if he still goes with Kai Avers I'm not sure that's the best position for him maybe he might get Sane back from injury so again a little bit more firepower there but yeah uh, I think this is going to be a high scoring one both to score and over 2.5 goals plus 102. Uh, Spain a plus 135 Nigel here to win the game Germany plus 200 I mean you look at the strict form line and what we've seen already you back Spain at plus 135 don't you is it that simple or not? Well, I think there'll be many people and a big amount of handle going on Spain. I mean, last time they met, Spain beat Germany 6-0. We've got to remember that as well. So, uh, the yes, um, but it's a World Cup and tactics come into account here. Um, I think that Spain, I think Japan will beat Costa Rica. I, I, I'm, I'm sort of being a little bit um, calm about Spain. I thought Spain were absolutely brilliant, and but I think Costa Rica were by they're far awful, the worst team we've seen. In, I think they're the worst team we've seen in this World Cup by far. Um, the, the one thing about Spain is, is the fact that they only have a plan A. 
that has always been my problem with Spain. When it's brilliant, it's absolutely brilliant. But when it's when it goes off, they they don't have any other plan. And and when they play sort of some bigger nations, um, they look really well. But they try to score that perfect goal and they try to uh, to be over elaborate. And I, and I think that's a problem in this game. Uh, I think the Germans have to go in and say, right, this is it. This is our this is our World Cup. We we we've, we've got to go. And we've got to, we've got to win this game. So that brings in goals. I mean, I, I love that play from from Danielli. I've just gone for both teams to score here. Uh, at minus one fifty-five, I know it's quite low odds that many people probably would look at. Think oh, one fifty-five, but I I would have had that around about minus two dollars or two on uh, both teams to score in this game. I think there is some kind of um, belief that the Spanish may not be as flamboyant, and the Spanish might sit back and think, you know, no. but no, I oh. I don't think that's going to happen. Well, that that, that going to be the only way that that can be the case because we all know that Germany have to go out and attack, and maybe but I don't think Spain will be are good enough to sit back and, and defend without circums- going all out for them. The circumstances, Nigel, I mean, Germany will know. If, if Japan win, Germany will know that they they have to try and get something win. from this but that, game. But that's what I'm saying. So if it's minus 155 on both teams to score, the market must be thinking, well, we expect Germany to throw everything at it, but we might expect Spain to be a little bit more uh, more different in their approach because that's the only reason I can see why it should be minus 155 minus, but then minus $2 because we all know that Germany are going to attack. The thing is with the Germans, I mean, they didn't play that bad against Japan. They played right. They should yeah. have been three 0 up. Don't you know? Again, this is where the, the score. They're looking at the results and looking at the league tables is so misleading. Twenty six, twenty six shots, nine shots on target, seventy four percent of possession. That should win you a game by at least a two goal margin. The, 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 the one thing then they got the Japanese goalkeeper had an unbelievable performance. And Neuer was an absolute fault for the final goal. I mean, how he, a top-class goalkeeper like that letting the goal in from that position should never have been happening. So we would expect Germany to come back and put in the performance. We will do that. And it wouldn't surprise me to see the Germans actually win this game. I think probably the bet you want to have now would probably be Japan to win the group. Because, you know, I think that these two could take points off each other. Japan could beat Costa Rica and be in a very good, good position if, if Germany win this game then Japan could go through as group winners and it could be the shock of, of the groups because everyone expected that Germany and Spain would just breeze through to the knockout stages. So I think goals here, definitely. Um, I think it's a, uh, it's a great matchup. Germany needs to win. And the other thing I would say about this game as well is that this is the first game where I feel in this World Cup where the extra 10, 15 minutes at the end is going to be absolutely crucial. There'll be a lot of games in this World Cup where it could be nil-nil, a draw might suit, and there'll be eight minutes, and the eight minutes are going to be nothing. This game here, if there's 10 minutes at the end, just play and play another goal, play another corner, especially if Germany... If, Germany, if the game is 1-1 and Germany needs to win, that last 10, 12 minutes of extra time here is going to see a lot of things happening, a lot of corners, lots of goals. And those prop markets that we mentioned on the World Cup show, we never encountered that we were going to play in football matches of 100 minutes here. No. So that means that, that everything's going to go up, the corners. So I think this game here is the first real big game. I was chatting to people out here last night saying the knockout stages, we're going to see a lot more things happening late on, which which is bad for me on the bet that I had with over um, one and a half penalty shootouts. Because I think in extra time, if there's extra minutes, team, teams are going to be much more attacking minded and try to win the game. So here... If Germany need, if it's one-one and Germany needs to win, the last fifteen minutes are going to be hold on to your seat stuff. It's going to be crazy. So I, I, I just think this game just absolutely screams goals. Completely agree with uh, Daniele. I'm amazed that it's minus one fifty-five. Uh, we know that Germany have to go out and 
attack and score. We know that Spain will hit them on the counter, play their attacking football, and Germany have got attacking ability. The one thing they've got in this side, Hansi Flick side, is made up of Bayern Munich players. I think there's eight Bayern Munich players in the South, seven or eight Bayern Munich players in the starting eleven. They have goals in them. Bayern Munich score at least two or three in every game they play. They know they're going to score goals, but defensively, they look vulnerable. And I would argue this, the same thing with, with Spain. I think Spain, their weakness is if is if we get them more physicality at that back line. And uh, I think this game definitely produces goals and minus 155 for both teams to score would be my, probably my most confident pick uh, of all the games in round two. Um, incidentally, uh, when it comes to uh, that particular group, Japan are plus 480 to win the group. That's a big Spain, price. It's a big price. Look, look. We know that Spain, I mean, they're minus four, three, five. And and even if, you know, Spain drop points against Germany and Japan win, obviously Spain, Japan is the last game. But just from a value point of view, you know that Japan will be a lot, lot shorter if Spain drop points and obviously Japan win against Costa Rica, which they probably should. Do. And then, and then you've got to remember, the other thing you've got to remember is that eventuality, if Spain do win, and Japan do win as well, then they're both going to qualify. And yeah. then that game could come to a bit of a tactical match and who who they got to play in the next round. You know, yeah. but, you know, they're going to make changes. You can make changes. Interesting one. Check out the group um, betting uh, to qualify prices available as well, of course, after every single game has been played. Um, we've not got uh, official picks in groups G and H. We have got a parlay that Danielle is going to talk about in just a second. We will get to just some general thoughts on Brazil, Switzerland and Cameroon, uh, Serbia, South Korea, Ghana and Portugal, Uruguay as well. Uh, but Danielle, you've got a parlay here and it does include uh, one of the games in Group H. So talk us yeah. through that first. One of the games in Group H is South Korea, Ghana, which went for under 2.5 goals. I think the Koreans were really, really good against the Uruguayans. They didn't suffer the physicality of the Uruguayans. They moved the ball uh, well and they had the best uh, chances, especially in the first half. So, you know, a good a good. A, a, a good team, really. That I think again, he has grown a lot uh, during uh, during the years. He they, they play European style uh, football, really. Perhaps they need a little bit more of inventive up front. Whereas Ghana, I mean. Once the shackles were, were were over, you know, against Portugal, the game became a little bit crazy. But, you know, initially they tried to control uh, the game and they did well in the first half. Again, they they, they were solid and compact. And I think that's what we're going to see more from the African teams in on this tournament compared to previous tournaments. So I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals. By the way, if you look at the, at the stats, you know, there have been 10 overs and 10 under. 2.5 goals and 6 uh, over so far. 41 goals scored, which on average is 2.56 per game. But you'd have to count, of course, England and um, and Spain. Four nil-nils. So, you know, uh, the games are tight. Uh, 15, Only 15 goals in the first half. Games are tight. I think you, you can go for an under here, 2.5 goals. Croatia, Canada, both to score. Uh, Canada, good going forward. As I said, they're going to score, I think. You look at the goal they concede against Belgium. Sometimes they switch off. Croatia should be able to hit the back of the net if they play with a proper striker, with a recognized striker with a number nine. So you put them all together, Croatia, Canada, both to score, South Korea, Ghana, under 2.5 goals. It gives you a nice price, I think, plus 199 for this uh, two-legs parlay. Plus 199 for that nice parlay from Danielli. Let's have a general chat about uh, Groups G and H. Group G, first of all, uh, Nigel, we'll rattle through these. We've got Brazil against Switzerland. Brazil short price favourites minus two six five. Switzerland plus eight hundred. Draw plus three ninety. Um, under series plus one one four. Draw at half time round about plus one fifty as well. Here, I mean, 
you know, Brazil took their time, didn't they, against Serbia? Are Switzerland as good as or better defensively than than uh, than Serbia? Can they keep Brazil out? Can they get a result? What do you think about Brazil Switzerland? I think that there's probably Switzerland and Serbia. The final game is the group match here. I think that that that's the huge game for qualification for both sides. I think they've got to both have one eye on that. I think you would expect Serbia to beat Cameroon. I thought Cameroon were really poor yesterday. Um, they had they played well, well well in the first half of the last twenty minutes of the first half. In the second half, I thought the Swiss were a lot a lot better. Um, I, I think what Cameroon was, Nigel, what was what was the general consensus amongst uh, Cameroon fans? Because I saw you getting rather close to one or two of them. Yeah, oh yeah, they, they love me, Cameroon. I'm massive. I'm a massive. I'm, I'm, I'm a big hit in Cameroon. She get, how could she get that set of drums in? And I got my selfie stick on the stage. That's what I, that's what I wanted to ask. But uh, it was uh, she was uh, she was she was, uh, she was uh, that was the highlight of my World Cup. That was she was she was the player of the match for me without a shadow of a doubt. But it was great. It was brilliant. But I, when I saw her, I thought Etty's let himself go a bit. I knew he put on a bit, uh, but it was uh, it was great. I mean. But I, I thought Cameroon were poor, though. The takeout from that was I thought the Cameroon were, yeah. were, were, were very, very average. Um, Switzerland cut cut through them a few times, and I think a more clinical side. I think the final game when Brazil played Cameroon could be quite embarrassing for the Cameroon side. Um, so I, that 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 game against them, though, I, I, I think they're going to be very well organised. Goalkeeper's superb. He's been around for years. He's probably one of the most underrated goalkeepers in, in European football. So I think he's he's a real safe pair of hands. Uh, Switzerland's record coming in from European matches, you know, they beat Spain. You've got the form guide of, of Switzerland and you talk about Spain doing so well. Well, they beat Spain in Saragossa in the in Nations League. They, they held Italy twice and well, they're the reason why Italy, sorry, Daniel, I don't want to mention it, but one of the reasons why Italy aren't in the European Championship because they failed to top the group that featured Switzerland yeah. and couldn't they're beat a tough, they're, a tough, they're a tough they're team a tough to beat. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you don't want to play against them, absolutely. You see no. them they they, they 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 are solid compact they can stifle you you know they know what to do and i think against against brazil it probably is going to be damage limitation for them you know not concede too many lose by one goal maybe try to not snatch a draw but if they lose by one goal they are on the driving seat when it comes to the game against serbia because they can play on the on the goal difference brazil by the way very impressed by them because things were not going their way, but they've been patient and they knew things would have come. Look, as I said, everyone is good at defending for 50, 60 minutes. When it comes to 60 minutes, marks first substitution, things start opening up. That's where you see the difference of the good players, the top players, for example. Yeah, very true. I'm going to have to jump in here because we're running out of time. I just want to get Daniele and Nigel's thoughts if we very quick on Portugal, Uruguay here. Um, uh, Portugal looked okay, but not fantastic against, against Ghana. Uruguay I thought were a bit disappointing. Daniele, Nigel, your thoughts on those two? I'll go first. I think, uh, I think I think it's going to be a physical game. I think you can go maybe for cards. It can be for a lot of cards. Two two sides that are very physical make up the physicality, uh, their strengths. It could be a both to score as well. I'm I'm curious to see whether Darwin Nunez plays more of a central position strike because I think that's where he, where he gives his best. He can trouble the uh, Portugal defense. Either cards, high number of cards over ten, for example, or both to score. Nigel. I'm going for cards as well, but I'd go different on the goals. I'd go under two and a half goals. With my with my bet on the Brazilian game, I'm going to go for Brazil to win to nil against Switzerland. Okay. That would be that would be my pick. And if you're looking for a quick score, maybe one nil. 
Okay, great stuff. Let's just uh, recap the selections from the boys, uh, shall we? I think we can get the graphic up on screen for you because we've got some interesting selections uh, when it comes to those group uh, matches. As you can see, uh, Nigel here likes Germany, Spain. Both teams to score, yes, minus 155. Morocco, Belgium, really like this one. Uh, plus half on the handicap for Morocco. So the draws on your side, that's minus 118. Danieli, Spain, Germany, both teams to score. And over two and a half goals is plus 102. The Croatia-Canada game, we like Jonathan David, or Jonathan David, if you're getting all hipster uh, on us, um, to have two and a half shots, uh, plus 125. And the parlay here is Croatia, Canada, both teams to score. Yes, Korea, Ghana, unders, plus 199. Like that one. So those are our second round group. Uh, matches the selections from Nigel and uh, Daniele. We are running out of time, so just uh, time enough to say a fond farewell to you both. Nigel, take care out there. Keep the content coming as well. Loving your uh, your videos from the from the ground. You've got more games to take in over the next few days. Yeah, I'm going to England v USA tonight, hence the reason why I've got a massive happy Thanksgiving to everybody in America for yesterday as well as watching the show. So uh, hopefully the, the English will get, will get the job done tonight. Uh, then I'm going to uh, Canada, the Canada game. Uh, nice. Canada game. And I'm going to, um, what's the other game? Yeah, Canada, Canada. I'm going to one other, but I can't remember what it is at the moment. But I'm going to one other game. <laughs> the games are coming thick and fast, Daniel. I've been enjoying it at the moment. It's been excellent, hasn't it, so far? Yeah, uh, it's, yeah. Been, it's been great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it is being great. Look, every World Cup is different. Every World Cup has got its own themes and it's got a lot of sub subplots. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a lot. To, it's early days as well. And it's a lot to come. But we start seeing some of, some of the big surprises, some of the big names. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's unmissable every day. It's fantastic. Terrific. Yeah, four games today at the minute. Excellent stuff. Uh, that wraps this edition up of Betting Weekly Extra Time World Cup. Um, plenty more content, including lots of stuff from Nigel. Uh, stay across our YouTube channel. And of course, our podcast as well. And make sure you're across all of our previews and picks uh, throughout the action in Qatar at Because We Win. That wraps it up for today. Much more to come over the course of the remainder of the tournament. We'll see you then. See you later. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Extra Time on the Bet Rivers Network.